Welcome to the Startup Business Q&A podcast with Richard Moore. So what I'm going to do is be live here and I'm going to find a uh, link and I'm writing basically all over to Facebook on um, on LinkedIn and people can come and watch it that way. Life's a lot easier that way. Let's just do it in a simple way. So thanks everyone for bearing with us and for tuning in. Over on over to lit Facebook for the live show is posted on um, LinkedIn. Let's get on with it. Hey, Arjani, I see you. Good to see you. Daniel as well. Laurie Heath-Nudson's here too. Thanks very much for watching. Hopefully the connection is good and we can crack on and get on with our lives. Good. So I'm going to just make this full screen now. Um, yeah, so let's start over. So the idea is that we're going to cover a warming an audience today. It was this topic that you guys all voted for. So thank you so much for doing that. The trusty entrepreneur business group over on Facebook voted that last night. Overwhelmingly, in fact, for that one. I had so many questions last week after on the uh, sales Q&A that I thought I might even offer a um, part two to that. But warming an audience was the one overwhelmingly people wanted. And in fact, so much so that across all the platforms, we had so many questions. I actually had to, I've had to cut the questions back. So I've selected uh, three, four, five, six questions. I reckon I had a dozen of them. So we're going to have a slightly small one today. Um, Back garden today, uh, not of my house, but I'm actually in the east of Belgium um at a holiday park uh, with family so they're off in the swimming pool at the moment i'm going to join them in a second sweltering heat it's something like 34 degrees uh which is kind of disgusting uh so <laughs> i'm uh i'm gonna just uh, sweat it through for about half hour or so uh, and then finish up so thanks very much everyone for watching let me know can you give me a thumbs up can you hear okay hopefully the reception's good here too nice to see you carolina good to see you denise as well today's subject is warming an audience put in the comments hashtag team live if you're watching live <laughs> or hashtag ropey tech <laughs> if we're uh, if you're able to watch right now or hashtag replay uh, team replay if you're watching a bit later um so never mind uh, those on on linkedin do you know what I, I said this earlier but it's really a lovely thing uh when people say things like i mean i'm getting messages literally just now people on linkedin saying like i thought it was going to be on and things like that i'm really looking forward to live stream and, and each week uh you know i make sure i'm on time because if anyone if i'm if, if, I, if i've ever been late i think i have a couple of times in the past people are like where is it is it not on i can't find it are you okay is everything all right so that's a really nice thing it means people are really kind of tuned into it uh good to see you uh daniel thanks for the commentary and uh denise as well hi good good to see you too so let's start off with the incentive uh, and uh, in the entrepreneur business group uh, this week, um, or rather last week, we had a, um, a competition, which was really simple. It was to win the basics of sales course. And it, the question was, what's the most effective tool for selling? The winning comment was the one with the most uh, reactions and engagement. And Patrick Ward actually won he, with an overwhelming amount. And Patrick Ward likes to talk about piano bars. Uh, this is a um, uh, favorite topic. Uh, which is uh, uh, talking about piano bars. And, and he, he's actually written, piano bars are the most effective tool for selling because no one can say no to a piano bar. Now, I'm going to take his joke and turn into something valuable here because in truth, what he's talking about is something that's really useful in selling. What Patrick is you talking about is the part that really kind of lubricates the relationships. The reason why he talks about piano bars a lot is because 
when off, whenever there's offline networking events such as LinkedIn locals or an entrepreneur business live event which we recently had a couple of months back in uh, San Francisco then we decamped to Vegas afterwards we went to a piano bar and he's been to several with other people as well and what it is is that after you've done the kind of the business networking event you actually have downtime and you have downtime with people and his choice is piano bars the reason why this is important is because that's where the fun is and so that's where the connections really made and if you think about any of your close friends your your connections are really made when you hang out with them uh, in a social setting so actually he's more right than he, i think that he's got enough wit to realize he was more right than than possible anyway and so jokes aside he's actually really on on point and what he's really saying here if i want to kind of use this valuably is is that you can't say no to a piano but what he's really saying is, is you can't say no to the social side and when it comes to a tool for selling the best tool is relationship building if you if i think about people i interact with and work with who are my clients or work with in the sense of they provide me with a service it's those people that um have had a relationship with me born out of something social where we've ended up in a really good place and so what this is, is about saying, you know, whenever you get the chance to hang out with someone socially, take it, especially if that person represents an, a service uh, that, you know, that you might need. Because in turn, you do end up with some really valuable um, connections and then you, you tend to want to work with those people. And the mechanics are really simple. What's really happening is you're building familiarity, you get to see someone in a social setting with their, you know, their guard down a bit, you get to chat loads, you get to engage and connect and bond. And that builds trust and of course then you want to work with that person so if i needed someone to really understand words and copy and be you know in the future if i ever needed the editor-in-chief or someone who could help on that level patrick's a really good great example is he the best in the world i don't know but he's a good friend and i know he does that thing and i'd like to think that if he needed help with any kind of selling strategy for instance he might think the same of me and that's the way it works you see so that's why in many ways his comment was a really strong one and so he wins the basics of sales course uh and he can make use of that uh if he wishes so uh, well unto you patrick ward let's get into the questions then because we've got limited time today and it seems limited bandwidth and reception as well so hopefully um if you can just let me know if this is still working you should hopefully have a strong connection still let me know in the comments whereabouts you're watching from as well and uh, let's shout out the people who are asking questions as we go. Let's start off with Judy Fox from over in uh, Richmond, Virginia. And she's, she's said, Richard, how do you, Richard Moore, warm people and determine how warm someone is before trying to ask questions about their pain points? So this is really simple. And this is going to be a theme for today. What I actually look for is the opportunity to um, to talk about someone's issues or needs and talk about how I can um, uh, help and be a service to someone. But I'm looking for, for a cue. And that cue, it, for me, always takes the form of a compliment. So I'm looking out for someone to say, do you know what, you're really helpful, thank you so much. And someone coming to me in a DM or something, I had one literally yesterday say, um, do you do any sales coaching? I need some help with some kind of large deals I've got with some big companies coming up and I want to make sure I don't miss anything. Could you help me out? And uh, that's a perfect example of someone approaching me. That is the cue. That is where I know someone's warm enough because they are coming to me. So I've earned the right to say, yes, I can help. Let's go from here. 
So what I'm looking for is as much as possible uh, um, a, a definite that I will get um, uh, that person saying, yeah, absolutely, I'm keen to work with you. And it's either them coming to me and being explicitly saying that or implicitly saying they want to work with me by being by giving me a cue and that cue typically is complimentary about me if someone was to write i really love your stuff i think you're inspirational or you're always so on point or you know what you're talking about when it comes to sales and so on if someone talks like that or says words to that effect it means that they're in a position where they are for want of a much better word ripe for me to work with so that is how i determine if someone is ready for me to kind of take the next step with them and say and now take the lead and, and that's what anyone should do if they are selling something if you get that cue and that kind of level of engagement is your job then to say right um you know now i'm going to take the lead so let's see i mean i can definitely help let's hop on a call or whatever it might be how do i warn people to get to that point well i just provide a constant stream of quality content about the thing I do so around the ecosystem so it's not always about how I work with people how I can help in sales it's often things like um, giving tips and helping out and giving value against the general area within which um, people pay me for work and it's kind of intuitive then that I help people with that kind of thing so online engagement I'm a specialist at that and I'm proven myself to be so and I also things like sales and social selling now in the online space it's kind of clear that I operate in that space because that's what the content reflects and so in turn people know to ask me about that and they often say things like you know this has been really useful um, and, and that is the cue that is what I'm looking for Judy to, to kind of say to, to kind of validate the fact that I can I can step further up now and, and actually engage with people a bit more um, so hopefully uh, that makes sense thank you those of you piling in from uh, LinkedIn that's really good for you to see you here um, hi there Diana and I see you Christina as well um, let's go on to the next question that's a really good one to kick us off Judy let's be really clear about what we mean by warming an audience as well warming an audience is creating a, a sense of, let me restart. Warming an audience is about doing certain things that move people to a place where they feel naturally receptive to what it is you have to offer. So what I mean by this is that people, continue, people consume your content or have some sense of you and they subconsciously decide that they want to engage with you their receptivity is up because there's a level of familiarity typically and a level of trust that means they would like to learn more from you or at least be in orbit around you more or stick around and engage with you that means a warmed enough audience that you can take it to the next step and that next step might be that you ask them more questions about what it is they do you engage on more of a social level but you move them to a place where they feel there's an element of trust and therefore the receptivity is in place you to offer something if you go cold with people when they're not warmed up it's harder because typically they don't have the receptivity to you because they are a cold contact there's no connection with you yet and so you are working on the basis of trust and hope that everything will be okay and that they will happen to be in the market for your products that's a bit dangerous warming an audience is so important nowadays because they will get spammed all the time and if you can warm them effectively what you're really doing is getting that person to feel comfortable around you if they feel comfortable around you they're more likely to be fine with engaging and taking things from there okay so that's the way to look at it 
Let's look at the next question from Falguni Katira over in San Francisco. She said, Richard, how do you break in the sales conversation? How do, how do you create a break in the sales conversation after having created intrigue and excitement with valuable content beforehand? It's kind of along the same lines. What I'm trying to do is I'm warming people as I go, but I also need to understand I need to I need to pivot out. So it's not just content all the time and hope, you know, it's a very, very difficult play to only do content and expect only organic. It works if you can go at scale and I spend a lot of money putting content out in you know, almost like adverts to make sure it gets in front of people. But it's far more effective to look at those that are receptive and then slide into the DMs as they say and then and then continue the conversation on a one-on-one -on -one basis. That doesn't mean you now pivot into sales, but what it does mean is you can start getting to know person deeper. Just be normal, have a conversation. And what I find is that by organically having a nice normal conversation with someone, you end up with people basically deciding to ask you about your work or offering up information and the more familiar and comfortable people get with you the more they will give you detail about where they're struggling and and you know it's like a family member you've got a huge amount of earned right to to uh, ask them how they're doing and they will tell you typically because they are close to you and they feel nice and familiar and it's the same here you know if someone's feeling comfortable with talking to you then they will move to a place where they're going to say do you know what this is this is really helpful I'm just think about maybe moving around a bit because then you're not in, in the direct sunshine is this a little bit help more helpful can you see me better there so so this the key thing here is to make sure that what you're trying to do is is get someone feeling okay with speaking to you if they feel okay with speaking to you they will offer up more information about what it is they have to have to say and getting more practical there'll be a point when you speak to if you speak with someone about themselves enough they will eventually say oh my god how about you sorry i've been talking about me all this time what is it you do and things like that and if you can position yourself as a bit of an expert just be helpful and people will start saying things like that's really useful i really could do with that and if they don't well they probably don't need it but someone might, and that's the idea. So you do it with enough people, you're fine. If I think back to when I first started social selling, so selling online, if, if you like, you know, it's four or five years ago, and I would every day, I would open up 20 new conversations with people, and I would start, that was my goal every day, 20 new conversations, and enough people would be like, you know, I really need to help with that. I'm really glad you brought that up. That's really useful. Thank you so much. And I would take it from there. It would really work. So it's just, it's, it doesn't have to be difficult, and it really is taking cues from the offline world. It's spending time with people um, and asking them, you know, simple questions about what's going on in their world and eventually they will offer up information and that's where, it, where it's obvious that if you get that cue if you get that that moment where they say that's really helpful i never looked at it that way that's your opportunity to help there a bit better uh, that looks like it. it looks like it's better for people who got a little bit less glare there on the screen so thank you very much and we're covering warming an audience today so thanks very much everyone who's watching hopefully some of you are watching from linkedin what we're going to do later bandwidth a problem when you're in the country <laughs> in the in a foreign country i'm using like joke wi-fi here so what we'll do is um i'll post this onto linkedin um and also uh it'll obviously go onto igtv and youtube as usual um let's go through a couple more questions we won't go on all day all day today because the bandwidth is is struggling and we've of course got uh 
millions of questions, but I'll only do a few of them. Plus, I'm sweltering and like 34 degrees, something like 100 degrees odd, uh, wherever you guys are in, in the States, I think. Uh, so let's do a couple more. Daniel Nunez from Phoenix. The guy knows heat. You're used to Phoenix. Um, how do you leverage pressure points without becoming a jerk? That's a really good question. You know, if there's someone saying, like, I've got this issue and I've got this problem, for example, um, how do you leverage that? What you don't want to do is be so direct with someone that you, they, you make them feel uncomfortable. But there is, it's just important to keep exploring. The key is at this point, Daniel, to get that person talking a load more. So you just keep asking questions about it. And what you're looking for is types of question. So you're asking often P questions. So there's this type of selling called spin selling, S-P-I-N. So spin stands for uh, S for situational questions. So questions are just about what's going on in their world. But when they come up with answers to P questions, what their problems are, and often they're just offering that information, you need to move to I questions that are implication. The key here, Daniel, is to ask them things along the lines of, what's it gonna be like if that doesn't get fixed? You know, making, encouraging them or inviting them to explore how things would be if they didn't fix their problem. And what happens is that you're gently getting them to kind of spend some time around with, around that pain. And actually, you, you can be really powerful then because then they start saying things like, do you know what? I do need to get this thing fixed. At which point you can ask N questions, which are need based. So, you know, what do you think it would be that you need right now? And that's when people tell you the solution they're after. And it's very straightforward at that point. So I do feel that's a really good way to do it. Explore with spin questions. And then again, you're going to be looking for the cue. You're looking for that guy, to, that person to say, do you know what? Yes, that would that bit would help. Or, yeah, I actually really need that thing. Don't say you can do it. Explore what that person might need um, and have a, just a conversation, just kind of helping them out. What is it that they might need to help them? And once you establish that, then you're the person to offer it. That, it that's how it really would really work. But if you're not being a jerk, if it's an organic approach, if it's an approach where you're, um, you know, where, where you're just doing a conversation rather than being too aggressive and forcing, it does tend to work quite well. So think about that. Take your time go slowly there's all the time in the world for this because no one likes to be sold to and the moment you get too aggressive or as you say you know you come across as a bit of a jerk what happens is you kind of lost them um but if you can keep it chilled then you take as long as you need to take the pivot the pivot moment is when you get that person to say that's a really good point ah oh, yeah do you know what that yeah actually that is what i need or yeah you, you've got it you see what i mean anything where it's kind of they're being agreeable there's an affirmation or ideally they're giving some kind of confirmation that you're you know what you're talking about that's the point where it really is like that's your cue it's time to say do you know what? i know i can help here so hopefully that helps a bit that's a really good question um Next one, let's take it from Mirav Levine. Uh, is it Levine Levine? I don't even know. I've never asked you. So Mirav Levine has asked for Maryland. Um, Richard, how much free content should you produce before the audience is hot enough to pitch? I'm really sorry. The answer to this is a bit of a how long is a piece of string one. What this means is that, honestly, and I, I'm, I'm saying this as an authority because I've done it, some people, cold traffic, will see an advert and instantly they will want to buy because they happen to be in the market for it other people also experience this will take months some people literally never buy anything because they've been conditioned themselves that buying from someone they don't technically know is uh, a dangerous thing some people are just very very closed so 
there's no there's no limit or amount if you're working at scale and what i mean is ads with retargeting what you need to be trying to do is say probably i need to retarget people a couple of times before i move to the ask in my opinion that works fine if you do it too long then they kind of move to the friend zone and, th and the conversion doesn't work as well if you do it too early you turn them off so quick you know i can't offer three thousand dollar a month coaching to someone on my first advert because i've got to hope that they really 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 want it and it's quite hard to target people that way but what i do think that is that um what i can do is is say I can work at scale with a certain formula, but with the individuals, if you're doing coaching, for instance, then one-on-one, -on -one, you need to take your time and recognize some people will convert after a few bits of content. You could just see it, you know, you can see it in the fact that they start commenting, they start engaging, start sharing, they're really keen. And then you break off again into DMs and you engage with them manually, one-on-one. -on -one. And what happens is you start realizing that person really likes you and really thinks that there's value in what you have to offer and you go from there. Some people need months, some people don't need much warming sometimes you're not on your game and sometimes you need to take a while to to get back into it and, and warm them up and sometimes you do it wrong and so it takes a bit longer to warm them back up again you see what i mean so everyone's a bit different but the answer of how much free content you should you provide for an audience is well, you, there's no end you just keep doing it indefinitely and it allows this conveyor belt to continue providing um warm or warmer or hotter or slightly warm people in your direction and you work accordingly that's the way to look at it in my opinion roger wilkinson's on facebook has, has said i like that you're doing the warming up episode outside where it looks slightly warm I don't know if you can convert this to Fahrenheit, guys, but it's like 34 degrees here. Um, in the UK, we've had, um, you know, it's like a big old heat wave. This is in the east of Belgium at the moment, uh, where I am with a family in, in a holiday camp, and it's stinking hot. So um, uh, it's not entirely appropriate to um, do this live stream with uh, with my shirt off, I suppose. So I'm certainly not. Um, but yeah, so that, that makes sense. That's the way to look at it. And, uh, and yes, Christine as well, the spin... Uh, the spin bit is brilliant. Yes, spin is important in terms of understanding questioning. If you're engaging with a client, even if it's an um, existing client, this isn't to, for direct selling, this is often for account management as well. Spin questioning is really important. Every question you ever ask is a SPIRN question. So either a situation question, just simply understanding the lie of the land and asking them things as they go, how does your business work and so on. P questions, so exploring what the problems are. I questions exploring the implications of not fixing them. So P questions are very much like the existing issues and the past problems have had. I questions are more looking to the future. What would it be like if that wasn't fixed? You know, how's that going to impact you if we don't get that done? I mean, what does six months from now without that solved look like kind of questions? When they explore that with you, they need something to fix it. They're starting to feel really down. Like if there's a graph of emotion, they're in a bit of a rock bottom moment. If you want to twist the knife too much, that's the point when you now pivot into the end questions, the need questions, rather than just telling them what you think they need, you actually ask them. So it's things like, oh God, I'm being joined by chickens. <laughs> you ask them things like, um, you know, so I mean, based on what you've told me, what do you feel you need? What would what would help here? And then of course, when they give you those answers, that's where you say, well, here's the solution I can offer and you take it from there. That's the way to look at it. So SPIN are really valuable questions to work with, okay? Yeah, Jedi Hill, that's uh, 92 to 93 degrees, kind of hot. Remember I'm English as well. Plus, I'm, a, I'm like, my mother was redhead, so my father had dark skin, but my mother was redhead, so I'm like, I've got kind of the downside of that kind of complexion, although I, I kind of have a bit of tolerance, I actually do quite well in the sunshine, still hot as we go, so I'm going to finish soon, because I want to go to the pool, 
and get myself a nice cream as well dessert. Let's go for a couple more questions. So James Perry has asked, what's the difference? He's in the UK, so Team UK, well done. Uh, difference in sales conversations with a corporate versus an individual for warming up. So what are the differences, if any? So for instance, he asked one-on-one -on -one coaching versus corporate coaching. Well, I've done both. And the difference actually is that the terminology might be slightly different, more expansive to describe a group of people over a business or an individual if you were coaching one-on-one, -on -one. but actually the approach is the same, James. Because if you think about it, the wins you're really giving a company are the same every time. Look good, save money, save time make money, things like that. And I remember one of the recent um, corporate gigs I got, the, the pitch, if you like, which was more them inviting me in, but still kind of establishing if I was a good guy, it was very much me wasn't explaining my process, being really clear that they were gonna get all their time back. Because what I was really selling them, of course they're gonna look good because they're gonna come across as the best. They're going to make more money, and that certainly is being proven at the moment. But what's happened is that they are, they were, it was positioned as you guys don't have time, so let me do it for you. And that win for them was absolutely huge. And so it's no different to coaching and to, to selling to an individual. And in fact, you're speaking to an, and I've, I've often sat in, in rooms with several people who are, who are stakeholders when it's a corporate um, gig. But it's the same. It's the same principle. It's just the terminology is different. It's like you're gonna save time rather than you will save time. You see what I mean? So I genuinely haven't found, in my experience, and I've done this for many, many, many years, that there's any difference between singular or corporate, other than like the terminology. And if you stick with those kind of wins as as the benefits or wins to them, then they get it. And it, it, it's you know it doesn't matter if it's a corporate. You might think, well, they have to have the responsible to their teams. They have to provide them with training. That's part of their their responsibility policy no it's that that underneath the bonnet of that is we need to save time we need to make money we need to look good and so on that's really what you're selling let's do one, one more question so we've got jedi hill here over in ohio what's the best content or technique to build curiosity and get people to take action to learn more um i think that you need to think about starting conversations every piece of content and all your techniques should be provoking some kind of reaction, ideally one way it starts conversations. And the reason why is because conversations allows people to have a bit of back and forth and open up a bit. And as they do that more, you are creating an environment where they feel more comfortable. The more people talk and get a good response back, the more they feel uncomfortable. And if they feel comfortable, they start feeling familiar with you because you're the reason why this is happening. And that familiarity leads to trust. The trust is where you can move to a place where you can start asking more probing questions because you earn the right to do so, you see. So that's the way I look at it. Um, I'm going to finish there because I'm starting to lose weight from the amount of sweat coming out of me at the moment. So thank you very much, everyone, for watching. Um, I will be back in the UK on Monday next week. I'm really excited because September is huge. We've got Entrepreneur Business Live Barcelona on the 18th. We've got Miami on the 26th as well. So there's a lot happening. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching and bearing with us on the tech. Uh, if you're watching later on on LinkedIn or on IGTV or YouTube or listening on the podcast, then I appreciate it a huge amount. Thank you for all of you who sent through questions. So um, Dalguni, James, Daniel, uh, Jedi, um, Mirav, and uh, I haven't answered for Golnies actually, sorry, and Judy Foxes. All of you, like loads of you who asked questions didn't get around to, I apologize, but thank you so much for watching. And I will see you again next week. Have a wonderful time. I'm asked for a massive ice cream and a swim, and I'll take care. I'll see you all later. Bye bye.